Welcome to Mornings with Martin, and today we're going to be looking at Acts chapters 6 and 7. And it's in this text that uh, we see that not everything is going smoothly in the early Christian church. In the first few chapters, it looks like everything's going perfectly because we've got, you know, the church is growing by the thousands, and when people are getting baptized, and people are selling their, their properties and giving to those who are in need, it, it's a great time. Uh, and yet in chapter 6, we see that there are, uh, there are people who are falling through the cracks that aren't getting the, uh, the service that they, that they need. Uh, they're not being loved well. And so we see that that's the Hellenistic Jews as opposed to the Hebraic Jews. The Hellenistic Jews are those who uh, took on the, the Greek language culture, whereas uh, the, Hel- the Hebraic Jews uh, remained uh, speaking just Hebrew and, and a lot of the uh, primarily the Old Testament stuff in their culture. So two different groups, and one wasn't being uh, given the, the, the same and were being passed over in food distribution. They weren't being loved well. And so the apostles, they say, well, well we need to do that. Like that's, that's clearly an important piece of, of the ministry is we need to take care of widows and orphans. And so they say, well, we can't, we just don't have the time to do all the things. And so they presented uh, the solution of picking out seven men who were filled with the Holy Spirit who could do those things while the apostles were focused more on the teaching and preaching of the word. And so they did, and they and it worked really, really well, in fact. Uh, one of those that was doing that was Stephen, and we'll talk a lot about Stephen in just a little bit. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I think there's some application for us today. And that is, while the church primarily exists for word and sacrament ministry, right? We want to give them Jesus Christ and him crucified for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, and and that's, that's the message, right? That's the, what we present, the word uh, and, the, and the sacraments uh, rightly administered. So, I mean, that's, that's what a church exists in doing. Uh, I might say, uh, my, the way I like to phrase it is, we, we connect people to Jesus where he is to be found. And he's found in the word. He's found in the sacrament. He's found in the Christian community as the body of Christ. And really, that's kind of what this text is talking about, is connecting people to Jesus. And it can't just be a, the, a choice few that's doing this. It, it, there's There are more people who are in need. And so what we need is we need folks to, well, to step up and be part of that service for other people. And that's true here. That's true of every church. So, you know, whatever church it is that you're a part of, I know this primarily is an audience of Crown of Life, uh, but whatever church that, that you attend, I would look for ways in which you can be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit using God's gifts that he gave to you to serve others and to love others well, to help the ministry uh, and, and to help the leaders of those different ministries. So I think that's one big point is in chapter six, we see more people coming to help a ministry grow, helping the church do excellent work. And then we see one of those particular individuals, Stephen. And the whole, the whole of chapter 7 and the last half of chapter 6 all address Stephen. Because in the end of chapter 6, we see that he is uh, wrongly accused, right? They say that he's uh, blaspheming against Moses and against the law and against uh, 
and against Caesar, is that? I'm going to reread that one because I don't remember that offhand. So in the end of chapter 6, <clears throat> opposition arose. This is uh, verse 9. Opposition arose from uh, members of the synagogue of the freedom, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the province of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. They couldn't stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave to him. And so, verse 11, they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. This fellow, and skipping down to 13, this fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. So, uh, first and foremost on that, blaspheming against Moses. That's kind of not a thing, because you can't blaspheme against a person. You can blaspheme against God. You can slander a person, uh, but to blaspheme is is, is a divine thing. And so... uh, that's weird that they would say that you're blaspheming Moses um, and putting him almost on level with God, uh, which is a kind of a big no-no. It's God's law. It's He's the giver of the thing. The thing itself is not God. He's the giver of it. So anyway, that's what happens. And so he gets put, put behind or in front of the Sanhedrin to explain himself. And what follows is an incredible sermon. Because if you had to summarize all of the Old Testament in just two minutes, Stephen has done that for you. He has uh, summarized it all really, really well, in fact. He talks about, uh, starts with Abraham, and he walks through the journey of Abraham and how how he, by faith, he's taking, uh, he's following where God leads uh, down this strange path. And talk, talk about Joseph and how they, he went through the suffering and yet became the, a savior of his people. Uh, and then talking about Moses, who's no ordinary child, but uh, was used by God to deliver his people. Uh, and then continuing past that uh, into David and talking about how David is, is one who, who delivers and rescues uh, the people. And, and yet all of these instances where people are faithfully following the Lord, where people are being delivered by God, are being used by God to deliver people, uh, all of these things are pointing us to Jesus as the Savior, as the Righteous One. And yet the conclusion of Stephen's sermon is, but you don't believe. You're stiff-necked people. And this is what it says, verse 51. says, you stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your ancestors did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one, and now you have betrayed and murdered him. You who have received the law that was given through angels, but have not obeyed it. So, uh, that's, a, that's some pretty heavy law that, that's given by Stephen here. It's saying, like, look, God's people have historically disobeyed and not listened to the word of the Lord. And here, the word of the Lord came to you, and what did you do? You betrayed him and you killed him. You're just like the ancestors. And so he, he talks about how you know, Moses deals with these uh, uh, rebellious people. 
You know, uh, Moses leads people through the plagues, through the, the Red Sea, through the wilderness, all the way up to the promised land. And the entire time, through all of that, what did the people do? They rejected it. They grumbled. They complained. They were stiff-necked. And so here, Stephen's saying, like, you're just like that. Not only that, you're like all the other people when the prophets, when God sent prophets saying, like, this is the word of the Lord. This is your warning. This is the truth. This is the way to life. And every time the religious leaders said, yeah, but not really, um, because no. And it doesn't make them feel good. It's not comfortable for them. It's not their tradition or whatever. And and I think there's some good words of wisdom for us as we hear God's word. The temptation is to be like the Sanhedrin. The temptation is for us to look and say, that doesn't make me feel comfortable or I don't love the way that that's worded, so I'm not going to adhere to it. I'm not going to listen to it. So when scripture tells us, uh, that you know this particular lifestyle is not great, or this particular action isn't good, or uh, the choices that we make are selfish. Uh, you know, and that's true across the board, right? Every Christian has something. Every person has something in, in the scriptures that we say, "Ooh, but I really don't like that." And the question is, do we say that's reflecting my sin, or are we like the Sanhedrin and saying, "Well, then I'm not going to listen to it." That's what I want to do. Or I'll try to justify it. And that's so frequently us, trying to justify the thing that we shouldn't be justifying, but instead should be repenting of. And so uh, that is Stephen's sermon. The Old Testament constantly is pointing to the salvation that's offered through Jesus. And God's people have constantly been rejecting it, and it's no different still today. This gospel that it's not your actions, it's not your relationships, it's not your background, it's not anything else other than Christ and him crucified that gives salvation, right? Acts 4, right? There's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And that, that just, it's something that we, it's too easy or it's too quickly rejected. And that's what we do, we reject it. And so Stephen is, is, begging him, like, re receive this word, receive that this has been given to you, and, and knows that they're going to reject it. And what follows is an incredible testament of faith and love, because we see that Stephen's words uh, are not met with a uh, good sermon uh, or anything like that, but instead, and, and not, not even with a, a nasty email, but instead, with stoning, and they stone him to death, and, and so they take him out. They're 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 you know, ripping their robes, they're gnashing their teeth, and Stephen says, and he looks up uh, upon seeing all of this, this 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 you know anger, and this fury. He looks up and he says, "This is verse fifty-five or uh, fifty-six." And well, fifty-five and fifty-six. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So he, he points them to Jesus. Like, look, there's Jesus. And they don't listen. 
They refuse to look. They refuse to listen. They, they cover their ears and they run at him. And they drag him out into the street and they start stoning him, right? And that's the practice where you take rocks and you continually throw them at the person and pelt him with it until he's no longer living. It's through the impact of those rocks over and over again. It's a terrible way to die. And as they started stoning him, while they were stoning him, while they were killing him and hurting him, Here's what, Jesus, here's what Stephen prays. He says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So much there. Uh, the two words that he, that he says, that he states, the two statements that he has during his death uh, are the same two words that Jesus uses during his death, right? Uh, Jesus says, into your hands I commit my spirit. And here Stephen says, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And Jesus prays on the cross, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And here Stephen says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And I mean, talk about an incredible faith that, that upon being hated and hurt and in the process of being killed he would look upon those who hate him and say i want them to be forgiven i don't want this held against them because i'm going to see jesus my spirit is safe in his arms like that's incredible and what a challenge for us uh, as we think about the world in which we live and you know, sure there's there's you know, limited levels of persecution. I mean, certainly not to this level. And, and yet to respond to those who would hate us or even just disagree with us, uh, and instead of responding with, you know, uh, com the complaining or the uh, the anger or the, uh, the the disgust and outrage upon what the world looks like, instead, what if we, what if we responded, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Lord, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. As, they, as people are, are seeking to, to hurt the, the Christian faith and attack it, what if we responded with grace? And it's not to say that we should just roll over and say, like, well, I guess they're right, or, well, I don't have a defense. Like, of course we have a defense. We have the truth. And that's what Stephen's doing throughout the, the scriptures. He's giving them truth. And that's what we do, too. It's not that we should tone down our Christianity. So we should live it all the more and live it boldly and speak it boldly. But as we're doing that, not to be overcome with, uh, with anger, and even what we might call righteous anger, because there's a whole other thing about how really the one who gets to be righteously angry is the one who's truly and totally righteous, that is Jesus Christ. But <clears throat> instead of responding with that outrage, what if we responded with that grace and saying, not that they're right, no, they're not, uh, but rather that we want them to experience the forgiveness and the grace of Jesus Christ. And that we know and we are confident that we are safe in the Savior's arms. That we would respond like Stephen and say, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And the last thing that, uh, that I want to talk about real quick is uh, this last, the very last verse, right? When he, had, when he had said all these things, he fell asleep. And we would say, yeah, he died. <laughs> That's what happens. He dies. 
um, to just pass out and then he died from that after that or whatever, maybe. Or this is often how, especially Paul uses this, but throughout scripture, Jesus uses this uh, to refer to death as sleep because it's temporary, right? It's temporary. We're going to wake up and we're going to wake up in eternity. And that's the, the great gospel promise that we can rest our hats on and say, okay, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. I might fall asleep. Okay, I'm going to wake up. And when I wake up, it's feast time. It's in his kingdom. So thanks be to God for that. I know that's a lot. We've talked a lot uh, about this, but I, I hope and pray that it's been a blessing to you this week. So let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your word. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to, to boldly speak that word and to live it out, confident that we are safe in your arms and that we are safe in your kingdom. Lord, we pray your blessings uh, over the, this church, over every Christian church that proclaims Christ and him crucified, uh, that you would bring more and more people, not just to hear that word, but also to, to use the gifts that you've given them to serve your people. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time.